blessing in so many families as we look at this incredibly powerful passage and portion of scripture in Matthew chapter 5 called the Beatitudes. Everybody say Beatitudes. Beatitude actually is the Latin word for blessedness. And we learned that in this series that Jesus is teaching us how to live a blessed life. And what we've been doing is we've been studying through this portion of scripture. And we've been being very specific by applying these beatitudes, by applying these blessings to our homes, to our families. So if you have your Bibles today, I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 5 as we look at this final beatitude that we're going to look at in this series. And while you're turning there, I just want to remind you of this key thought that we've been looking at over every single week of this series. If you've been here and you know it, you can say it aloud with me. You can also uh, say it aloud because it's going to be on the screen there for you this morning. Here it goes. Are you ready? We are not just a Christian home. We are a Christ-centered family. Say it again. We are not just a Christian home. We are a Christ centered family. Now, some of you, if you haven't been here throughout this series, you might be saying, well, what is the difference? Christian, Christ-centered, I really don't understand. What's the difference? Is there a difference between Christian and Christ-centered? And I would tell you that there probably shouldn't be a difference. But as I look around in our society and in our world today, there is a very real difference between saying I'm a Christian and actually being Christ-centered. How many would say that is true here today? I mean, as we look around, we'll see that most people in America today would say, yes, I am a Christian. It's almost like it's kind of the, the default decision. It's like, what faith are you? And they might say, well, I'm not really any faith, and so I I guess I'm Christian. And so many in our world today are kind of Christian in name only. They're kind of like they're kind of like a cultural Christian. In fact, about 80% of people in America would say, I am a Christian, or we are a Christian home, or a Christian family. But as we look at people's lives and as we look at how they live, I would say that we would have to admit that not 80% of Americans are truly Christ-centered. And so in this series, what we have decided to do is we've decided to take this whole thing seriously. And we're not going to just be Christian in name only or cultural type of Christian. But we have decided that we are going to be a Christ-centered home. You say, well, what does that mean? Well, that means that Christ is just not a part of our lives, but he is our lives. That he is going to be at the center of all that we are and all that we do. And we're not going to just call ourselves a Christian. And we're not going to just be Christian when it's convenient or when we need something from God. Or on Easter and Christmas or baptism Sunday. But instead what we're going to do is Christ is going to be the very center of all that we are. And we are going to lead our families in this way so that we can be a blessed home. We're going to be Christ-centered in all that we do. Now, when you begin to live this way in the culture that we live in today, here's the deal, is that it's going to begin to stand out. 
How many know what I'm saying? When you begin to start saying, Christ is the center of my home and of my life, guess what's going to happen? It's going to affect the decisions that you make. It's going to affect the way that you live. It's going to affect the way you spend your time. It's going to affect the way that you spend your money. It's going to affect the, it's going to affect the values that you have and that you stand for in your life. It's going to affect the way you treat people. It's going to affect the things that you do and the things that you don't do. And when you start to make Christ the center of your home, you're going to start looking very different than the culture around you. And the truth is that when you start living this way, some people, maybe a lot of people, may not like it. And some people may not understand. And some people might look at you and look at your life and look at how different you are and and they may not understand why you're living the way you're living and why your life is different than their life. And Jesus speaks very specifically to this in this final beatitude that we're going to study today in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 10. I want you to read it aloud with me today. It's on the screen there as well as in your notes and on your YouVersion Bible app this morning. Are you ready? Matthew 5 and verse 10. It says, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Say it again. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Man, as we have looked through these beatitudes, we have seen that every single one of these blessings have been kind of counter to the culture that we live in. Remember, we looked at the very first one that said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. And we said that in our homes, we're going to be a people who hunger and thirst for the things of God, that he is going to be the priority of our life. He is going to be the passionate pursuit of our lives. And how many know that goes completely against the culture that we live in? today. Then we talked the second week about the beatitude that says, blessed are the pure in heart. And we talked about how we're going to strive to keep our hearts pure. And we're going to, we're going to protect the purity of our home. And we're going to protect our hearts and we're going to protect our children's hearts. And that might mean that we don't do some things and we don't go some places and we don't watch some things on TV or on the movies. And how many know that goes completely against the culture that we live in today? We talked last week about blessed are the peacemakers and we talked about how we're going to not just be peacekeepers but we're going to be peacemakers and we're going to speak truth in love and we're going to admit when we're wrong and we're going to forgive others who have wronged us and how many know that's completely opposite of the culture and the world that we live in today. And the truth is when you begin to live these blessings in your life and you begin to lead these blessings in your home and in your children, there are going to be people who don't like it. There are going to be people who don't understand. There are going to be people who are going to look at your life and they're going to say, why is your life so much different than my life? And Jesus says, blessed are the persecuted. When you start to stand for Christ and you start to make him the center of your home, guess what? You might just get persecuted. What, 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 do, you, what do you mean? What, what do you mean you, you're not going to play on the, on the traveling soccer team because you decided that you're going to make, you're going to make God's house a priority in, in your home and you're going to be at church on Sundays instead of traveling all over the country? What do you mean? Come on. 
Well, what do you mean? You're, you're not going to go to that, to that movie? I mean, come on. What, what do you think? You're too good for us to go to that movie? Man, you're weird. Something's wrong with you. What, what, what do you mean? You're, you're going you're to forgive that person who hurts you and they wronged you? You should get them back. I mean, you should do something against it. You're just a doormat. You're just letting them walk all over you. And when you begin to make Christ the center of your home and you begin to live the way that he has called you to live according to his blessings and according to his word, then guess what? You're going to stand out and it might mean that some people may, may make fun of you or may not understand. And blessed are the persecuted, those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Now, some of you might be like, yeah, okay, Pastor, I know you're going to be persecuted. I mean, you're a preacher, right? I mean, besides that, you're kind of weird anyway, so you probably deserve it, you know? And that may be true. Probably the weird part is true. But here's the deal is you don't have to be a preacher to be persecuted, in fact, when you look in the scripture, the very first illustration that we see of persecution happened way back in the book of Genesis. And we see that, that when Abel was persecuted by his brother Cain, it wasn't because Abel was preaching. It was because of the way Abel was living. And his brother looked at him and he saw the way that he was living. And perhaps when he looked at his life and he saw the way that he was living, perhaps he, was, perhaps he felt guilty about the way he was living his own life. Maybe he got a little bit angry because he looked at his own life and realized that he wasn't living right and he wasn't doing right. And it wasn't about what Abel was saying. It was about what Abel was doing. And Cain reached out and struck his brother and killed his brother, not because his brother was doing something wrong, but because his brother was living in a right way. And if you begin to live in a right way and you begin to apply this stuff that we've been talking about in this series, guess what? There are going to be people that, that aren't going to get it. They're not going to understand. They're not going to like it. They're going to look at your life and they're going to feel convicted and guilty about their own life. And there will be those who will make fun of you. There will be those who will persecute you. But blessed are the persecuted for righteousness for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I don't know what it might look like for some of you this morning. It might be different for many of you. Maybe some of you are a teenager here this morning and maybe you've decided I'm going to live pure and I'm going to keep myself pure and I'm going to save myself. I'm not going to have sex before marriage. I'm going to live according to God's word and live a right way. And maybe some of your friends would say, what's the matter with you? You're crazy. That's weird. Why would you give that up? And why would you live that way? But blessed are the persecuted for righteousness for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Maybe some of you are here today and maybe you've been following God and maybe even though you're following God, maybe you're going through some struggles and some hard times and maybe some of your friends would say, how's that God thing working for you now? I mean, look at you there. You're living for God and things aren't going so great in your life. But you would realize that many times we don't face opposition because we're doing something wrong, but because we're doing something right and the enemy comes against us as we're living, right? And you would realize that maybe, maybe I'm facing this opposition because I'm doing the right thing and blessed are the persecuted for theirs will be the kingdom of heaven 
Maybe some of you here and you've decided, you know, hey, God has put it on your heart that I'm going to get my family out of debt and we're no longer going to live under this, under this stress of this debt. And so, you know, maybe you're driving around an old beat up car, you know what I'm saying? Or you're living in a smaller house and some of your friends are like, why are you doing that? Why are you driving that old hoopty there, you know? And why are you living in that little house? Come on over to our big house. I mean, we're in debt up to our ears and we're trying to pretend like everything's good and we're loving loving it. You know what I'm saying? Or maybe, maybe you're trying to be obedient to God and trust God in the area of the tithe. And, and maybe, maybe your mom or your dad says, why are you giving all that money to the church or your, or your spouse or your friends say, why are you doing that? You can barely even make it on the 90% or on hundred percent. And you're trying to live on 90% and blessed are the persecuted for righteousness for theirs will be the kingdom of heaven. So that, that begs the question here today, if, if we're going to face this kind of thing in our lives, then, then what do we do about it? And how do, we, how do we prepare our homes and our families for what we're going to face as we begin to live this kind of life? Well, I just want to just notice a couple of things here, three things, and you can write these down in your notes or follow along in your YouVersion Bible app this morning. The first thing that we're going to do is with our family to prepare them for persecution is we're going to teach them to expect it. Everybody say expect it. Look what Paul told Timothy. 2 Timothy 3 and verse 12. He says, in fact, everybody say in fact. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. It's just a fact, Jack. You're going to be persecuted. Paul says, in fact... If you begin to live according to the word of God and live your life according to the ways of God, you just might as well get ready for it. You just might as well expect it. There are going to be family members. There are going to be neighbors. There are going to be friends. There are going to be coworkers. And they are not going to understand why your priorities are the way that they are, why your values are the way that they are. They will make fun of you. They will persecute you and you might as well just get ready because it's coming just expect it I remember when I was in high school I played uh I played on the high school baseball team and I was pretty good come on and I, I told you my testimony a couple of weeks ago. I told you how, you know, I, when I was married, I, I was a virgin. I told you how I've never, I've never had a, smoked a cigarette, don't even want to. I've never had a drink of alcohol. Some of you are like, you're weird. What's the deal? Go ahead, persecute, persecute me all you want. But that's my testimony. And as I was growing up in, in high school, I, I was on the high school baseball team. And if you've ever played high school sports, you know what that's like. And, man, so many of the, so many of the guys on the team, man, they, they slept around and they drank and they partied and they did drugs and they used all kinds of filthy language and watched all kinds of filthy stuff on, you know, on TV and in the movies and all of that kind of stuff. And I remembered that when I was about 15 years old, I remember I gave my, I gave my life completely to the Lord. I was called into the ministry and I was serving God with all of my heart. And I got to tell you that it wasn't easy in that kind of culture. In fact, they, they used to call me preacher man, you know, or church boy. And I remember they would even, they would try to catch me doing something wrong. 
or they would even try to bait me into doing something wrong so that they could catch me. They were looking for that and they, they, were, they would persecute me, make fun of me, tell me that I was weird for the way that I, that I lived. I even remember one time we were watching some film from one of our, one of our baseball games and I was, I was hitting and I, and I popped, popped one up. And so after, when I popped it up, I was like, I kind of tossed the bat over to the side. I was kind of upset. And so I tossed the bat to the side and I'm running towards first base and I said, shoot, like that. And the guys on the team, as we were watching that film, they rewound that little part over and over and over again, like 10 times, trying to catch me. They thought I said something else, and they were trying to catch me saying it. Blessed are the persecuted. Here's the deal. You will be persecuted if you stand for righteousness. In the culture that we live in today, you just might as well expect it. And moms and dads, you need to teach your children that it's okay and that they might have that happen, but they can just expect it to happen. I don't, I don't know what it might be for you. It might be here in a couple, of, a couple of weeks and you're at Thanksgiving and you're around with all your family that doesn't know the Lord and maybe they make fun of you because you want to pray, God, Thanksgiving giving over the meal that day. I don't, I don't know what it might be. Some, some of you, it might be, some of you ladies, it might be, it might be that you don't go out to the bar with, the, with, with your friends after work is over. Some of you young ladies, it might be your, your friends make fun of you because, you know, because you're going to dress modestly and you're not going to dress all hoochie mama like some of those ladies dress nowadays. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know what it might be for you, but just get ready. When you start to live differently, people aren't going to understand, and, and there, will be, there will be those that will persecute. In fact, Jesus said it like this in John 15 and verse 18. He said, if the world hates you, keep this in mind, that it hated me first. And if you belong to the world, it would love you as its own, but you don't belong to the world. You have, I have chosen you out of the world, and that is why the world hates you. So remember what I told you. A servant is not greater than his master, and if they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. And if they obeyed my teaching, they will also obey yours. Here's the deal. If, if Jesus himself was persecuted, guess what? Today, you might as well expect to be persecuted. Expect it. Number two. We're going to teach them to endure it. Everybody say endure it. Look what Paul told the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 12. He says, when you are cursed, we bless. And when we are persecuted, here's what we do. We endure it. So when someone makes fun of you and says you're weird for having different values, when when you are persecuted, here's, here's what we're going to do. We're just going to take it. We're not going to whine about it. We're not going to complain about it. We're not going to, oh man, poor me. They, they deleted me from Facebook because I said I love Jesus on my Facebook. Wah, wah, wah. Somebody just called the ambulance. You know what I'm saying? We're not going to cry about it. We're not going to try to defend ourselves over it. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take it. And here's the thing, here's, here's what I want everybody to understand, and I know this is, this is kind of a tough message this morning, but I, but I want you to understand this. What we face for really living a Christ-centered life in America is nothing compared to what so many face all around the world today. There are those that are in the world 
right here today, this morning, in places in the world that are standing up for a relationship with Christ and who refuse to denounce Christ. And because they have refused to denounce him, their families have abandoned them and have disowned them from even being a part of the family. There are those who, because they refuse to denounce Christ, they are being thrown into prison. Some who are even being, who are even being murdered, they, they are martyrs for the things of God, for the kingdom of God. So here's the deal. When we face a little bit of persecution because your friends make fun of you because you went on a missions trip during spring break instead of going down to South Padre and partying with them, guess what? We're just going to endure it. Because what we're enduring is light compared to what the world around us is enduring. When people make fun of us because we have different values, we just take it and we endure it with a smile. We, when, when people call you preacher boy and church kid and they try to make you do something wrong and try to catch you when you're doing something wrong, you're just going to smile and you're just going to take it and you're going to say, hey, I'm privileged to be able to be persecuted for Jesus Christ. And you know what happens? It's amazing what happens when you, face, when you face that and when you stand in that and for that. Guess what happens, man? There's this character and this strength that begins to build inside of you. And God begins to work in you in big, big ways. And, and you grow more intimate and in a deeper relationship with Christ than ever before because you get to experience what Paul was talking about, that I'm going to know Christ and I'm going to know him in the power of his resurrection, but not just in the power of his resurrection, but even in the fellowship of his sufferings. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to expect it. I'm going to teach my kids to expect it. I, I'm going to endure it, and I'm going to teach my kids to endure it. And finally, number three, I, I'm going to teach them to embrace it. Thank God that we get to suffer in some small way like his son who gave his life for us. It's almost like it's a privilege, a privilege to be able to stand and identify ourselves with Christ. You know, Peter was talking about this in the book of 1 Peter chapter 4. Let me just kind of give you a little bit of background on this. Peter was talking to a group of Christians who were suffering and being persecuted beyond anything that our nice little safe little world could ever even imagine. In fact, this group of people that he was talking about here in this text that we're about to read, they were facing things like this. They would take people who would not deny Christ. They they would take them and they would put them in a giant coliseum or a giant stadium that was filled with people and they would stand them there and they would say, will you denounce Christ? And they would say, we won't denounce Christ. And they would release lions that would come and maul them and maim them and kill them in front of thousands of people because they would not deny Christ. And this is what Peter says to him in 1 Peter 4 and verse 12. He says, dear friends, do not be surprised. In other words, hey, be ready, expect it. Do not be surprised at the fear, at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. Hey guys, just be ready. It's going to happen. You start living this stuff, you're going to stand out. But look what he says, but rejoice. Everybody say rejoice. 
rejoice in as much as you get to participate in the sufferings of Christ. Verse number 16, look what he says. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed. But when you suffer as a Christian, praise God that you bear his name. Blessed are you when your friends make fun of you at lunch because you're praying over your meal. Praise God that you get to bear his name. Blessed are you when you lose your job because you walk away from a business deal that was very profitable, but you realize that it was slightly unethical. Praise God that you get to bear his name. Blessed are you when you won't go to the bar with the girls after work because you don't feel like it's an environment that supports your values. Praise God that you get to bear his name. You see, we are blessed. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness, for their is the kingdom of heaven and here's the deal parents moms dads leaders of your of your family of your home don't ever don't ever worry when you're being persecuted for standing up for what's right instead let me say this as gently and as as easily let me smile while i'm saying it but instead Be worried when you're not being persecuted for righteousness because when that happens, you're in danger of becoming a culturally Christian family rather than a Christ-centered home. Because here's the deal. When you truly live according to God's word, his word is counter to the culture People won't get it. They won't understand. Some people just won't understand. Some people will be mad. They'll be angry about it. They'll be just like Cain. It'll cause them to look at their own life and go, man, why am I not living that way? And they'll feel guilty and they'll feel condemned and convicted. And not because you're condemning them or telling them, just because you're living the right way. And they'll be angry about it. And they'll make fun of you and they'll say you're weird and they won't, they won't get it. And it might even, be, might even be family members. They don't get it. But I got to tell you, man, we get, to, we get to participate with Christ in his suffering. You see, every one, of the, every one of these beatitudes that we've looked at, every one of these blessings have had, they've had a payoff. They've had, they've had a reward. Blessed are the blessed are those who hunger and thirst for after righteousness for what? For they will be filled. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will what? They will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers. Each one of these, each one of these had a different payoff, and we see the payoff here. Blessed are those who persecuted because of righteousness for what is it? Check this out. For theirs is what? The kingdom of heaven. Man, you talk about a reward. The kingdom of heaven is available to us when we face persecution. We just endure it and we embrace it and we share in it with Christ himself. And when we do, we receive reward. The kingdom of heaven, all that Christ has is available to us as well. In fact, Jesus goes on to say in the very next verse, he says, blessed are you when people insult 
insult you and when they persecute you and when they say falsely all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. Jesus says when you are persecuted and when people don't understand and when they make fun of you and they laugh at you and they ridicule you, here's the deal. Great is your reward in heaven. In fact, he even compares you to the prophets. The same reward that the prophets receive is the reward that you are going to receive. I love the way Paul says it in Romans 8 and verse 17. He says, now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his suffering in order that we may share in his glory. Glory.